You're listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast with Sharon Joy, episode number 17. Welcome to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy, and on this show, we talk about inspirational journeys in life and entrepreneurship. Through soulful conversations with inspiring guests, you're sure to get clear, get organized, get enlightened, and get moving on your dream business with the perfect blend of strategy and alchemy. I'm Sharon Joy and you are listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. Welcome to episode 17 where we are going to be talking about the importance of having a clear vision and even more importantly, how to actually get one. Because we all know that so often we're told, get clear on your vision. And my question to that is, how do I do that? Because I know that right in the very beginning of my personal development journey, people asked me to do that and I didn't know what to do. And so I figured a lot of this out on my own. Um, But gee, I wish someone had just told me this is some of the things that you can do that will help. Um, Eventually, I did have somebody who helped me, but it took quite a long time. And along the way, I fumbled and fell and tried a whole heap of different things that I probably could have been making much bigger quantum leaps in my life and in my business had I just been visioning in a way that got me clearer sooner. So connect to vision is the first pillar in my eight solid pillars. So solid being solid business for soul led women. And I don't doubt for a second that if you're here, that that is you. You are a woman in business who is on a mission. Um, You're all about impact over income, but you are here because you want to get solid in your soul-led business. You understand the need for having strategy as well as alchemy. So welcome to you. If this is the first time that you are listening, I would love to connect with you and uh, I hope you enjoy some of the information that I'm going to share with you today. So let's talk about the importance of having a clear vision to start off with. I liken having a clear vision a little bit like having a map, a roadmap to where we want to go. If we don't have some sort of a map or direction, then we're probably not going to know which direction to start off on our journey. But here's the thing, you might be thinking, oh, that's very detailed. A map is usually pretty detailed. The kind of map that I'm talking about is probably not so much like a road map. It's a bit more like a mud map. So it might have certain destinations on it, Um, which would be the major destinations, but it doesn't have every little tiny street off to the side. It might not even have every single highway, but it at least provides us with some sense of direction and where we are heading. Because unless we have that to start out initially, then we're not going to know which way to start and which foot to put in front of the other to take that first step. I think it's really important to note that where we think we're going to end up is not usually where we do end up. But as we take those steps moving forward, that we find that there is more and more clarity as we go and we, you know, we tap into things that we didn't know that we actually wanted or needed along the way. So as we take those steps 
on our first, uh, you know, right at the beginning of our journey when we have our mud map, um, that's only going to lead to greater clarity as we go. When we think about having a clear vision, you know, we talk about, um, you know, the law of attraction and, and manifestation. And the truth is, you know, the universe is a little bit like Santa Claus at times. If if we don't put in our order, if we don't ask for what we want, then the universe doesn't know what to deliver. And certainly um, it might get the delivery a little bit mixed up if we're not really, really clear about what we want. Probably one of the other really important things for me around getting clear on our vision, it, it has to do with motivation. Um, one of my mentors, Richard Blissbrook, the author of Mock 2, With Your Hair on Fire, uh, the, the Art of Vision and Self-Motivation. Um, I'm going to link his book in the notes for this episode, but he was the first person who really taught me about this stuff and I've got so much to thank him for. But, you know, he talks about the link between motivation and vision and, you know, it's something that I've really realised is so important. The thing that's going to have us moving forward and taking action, whether it's in our life, whether it's in our business, is making sure that our vision is really clear. Because when we get that vision really clear, then we start to move in that direction and it motivates us to keep moving. And without motivation, well, there's very likely that we'll do much at all. You know, I like an an on-fire vision, um, that motivation that is just dead set on fire, a little bit like driving on a corrugated road. So um, I travelled Australia with my family and if you've ever been on a road trip in Australia, we have a lot of uh, dirt roads that are corrugated and they're very bumpy and um, can be quite an uncomfortable ride. But the strange thing about driving on a corrugated road, if you ever have, is that there's like this sweet spot that when you accelerate to this particular speed, and in Australia it's 80 kilometres per hour, and I'm sorry for those people in other parts of the world listening who perhaps uh, want me to translate that into miles. I'm not quite sure what that is in miles. But when you accelerate to a level of about 80 kilometres per hour on a corrugated road, suddenly the bumps below your wheels tend to disappear. And I liken vision and motivation uh, quite similarly to that analogy in that when we are not having that clear vision and not looking straight ahead with our vision, we can tend to feel every single bump in the road and it can be a very uncomfortable ride. But when we really set our sights on the horizon and we are clear about the direction that we're heading in, we kind of tend to move this little bit faster and quantum leap in the direction that we want to go. And when we do that, like with the corrugated road, some of the nitty gritty shitty bits that would usually annoy us if we were going slowly and not having a clear vision would annoy us. But when we're going at that really fast pace and we're clear about that direction, then the bumps below us, they just tend to melt away. And all of a sudden we start to almost soar across the bumps. Um, It's not to say that they're not there because they definitely still are, but we just don't quite feel them quite so much. There's a level of resilience that we embody that just has us sailing across the top of them. 
And I really liken vision and motivation to that analogy. Um, And for anyone who has ever driven on a corrugated road, you would know that the discomfort of going slower um, is, you know, is quickly uh, just, it just dissipates when you hit that 80 kilometer sweet spot. Uh, And all of a sudden, it's almost like you're just floating across the top, even though those bumps are still there. So getting really clear means that we're going to do it anyway. You know, we're heading in that direction and we're going to keep going and it doesn't come from a place of force and it doesn't come from a place of discomfort. It comes from a place of ease. It, it comes naturally to us and it it's almost like this energy that that has us continually running in the direction of our dreams. And the more and more we can come back to our vision, and this is why, um, you know, with my solid pillar of connect to vision is you're reminded to keep coming back to that. It's the first pillar. It's the anchor that is the driver of everything that we do. And so it's so important that we keep coming back to it. Um, so if we're talking about some of the steps to getting clear, um, that's one that I've, I've said right there is the, the more consistently that we come back to our vision and we revisit it and we revisit it and we revisit it, the more likely we are to continue to refine it, but also, you know, add new layers of clarity that weren't there before. So, you know, it's kind of like the difference between a one-dimensional stick figure drawing to, you know, a, a full motion picture on a, on a Panamax screen that is just in surround sound or even four dimensional, you know, Um, it, it, it gives new layers of clarity. So the sights, the sounds, the smells, the feelings, um, you know, it becomes this multi-layered experience that we begin to create in our mind. And when we can create it in our mind, we create it in our reality. Um, And that might not necessarily be right away, but over time, the more that we can keep coming back and getting clearer about what it is that we want, the more likely we are to, to bring that to life. So another way that I love to get clear is um, I I get a lot of clients to do this. And look, this is nothing new. Uh, This is a really popular strategy that, you know, that people use for a whole range of different reasons. But I call it my perfect day vision. And what it requires me to do is to really sit down and dream about what I would like my life to be that's not necessarily projecting it so far into the future that my subconscious mind, you know, says, yeah, bullshit, that's not your life. It's in a way that my subconscious can believe that it's true, um, that there's layers of that clarity that also convince my subconscious mind that it is true because, of course, we know that our subconscious mind can't separate reality from fiction. So the more layered that we can make that vision, the more likely our subconscious mind is to uh, to really believe and embody that. But by doing our perfect day vision, we can write out and and, you know, really start to craft what our perfect day might look like and not necessarily, you know, so it looks like it would in, you know, five or 10 years into the future, but maybe 12 months into the future, maybe two or three years into the future. 
So there's parts of our life that still perhaps represent the life that we're living today, but we add new things into them. So, you know, one of the things might be what it's like to wake up in your current bed. So, you know, it's not placing you in, you know, I don't know, the south of France or somewhere where you absolutely have, you know, a great desire to go, but it's so far removed from your current life that it's hard to believe and you don't have those layers of clarity yet. But maybe what you could do is, you know, picture yourself waking up in your own bed and, you know, what happens next and then what happens next and what happens next Some of the parts will be the parts that you want to keep from your life now, but then there'll be other layers of things that you add in that perhaps aren't there. So, you know, that might be waking up in your, in your bed. If you've got a vision for your health, maybe it is then, you know, commencing your morning ritual where you're using, you know, tools or strategies or things that you want to bring into your life, um, on, on a day-to-day basis. So dreaming up that perfect day vision and writing it at a level that gives real clear, crystal clear clarity on the detail, you know, the devil's in the detail. So put down as much as you possibly can and use, you know, those words that really move you. Um, It's one of the strategies that I know that Richard Blissbrook uses in his book, Mock 2 with Your Hair on Fire, that will be linked in the notes. But it's really a great strategy that I return to quite often to, you know, just to take time to think about how can I make a difference to my life now um, and where am I heading? What do I want my days to look like this time next year? Um, you know, really scratching away at the surface of that can make an incredible difference to your life, not in 12 months time, but actually today, because sometimes you will realize that there's things that you're doing as, as an act of habit that you could change up tomorrow. It's that quick. So I definitely recommend doing the perfect day vision. Uh, One of the things that you can do, you know, certainly before you write your perfect day vision or maybe even after um, is just spend some more time daydreaming, you know, and I like to daydream in a way that is um, either when I'm in nature, I also like to daydream quite a lot in the shower. I like to daydream in my journal. So spending time daydreaming in places where you have a level of spaciousness that allows you to go beyond what you would go, um, compared to the day-to-day grind. So just finding some time to be able to really do that and immerse yourself in, in extending on that daydream, you know, maybe you're finding yourself having a repeated daydream. See how, if if you sit with that a little bit longer, whether you could stretch it a bit further and again, reveal new layers of clarity that you didn't have before. Um, I alluded to this right in the beginning, but I can't stress it enough. So I have to come back to it again. And that is take steps towards your goals, your dreams, your desires, your vision. And by doing that, it's looking at what you can do today. You know, what is the one thing that you can do today that's going to move the needle towards that vision? And it might be something so slight. It might be something like 
having one coffee a day instead of two. It might be not having that can of soft drink that you have. It might mean switching out an ordinary meal for a healthier meal. It might mean making that appointment with a business coach. It might mean making that appointment with a lawyer or an accountant to help you get your figures right or your legals right. It's doing the big grown-up things. So sometimes taking steps towards your vision might mean doing things that you wouldn't ordinarily enjoy doing, um, but it doesn't have to come from a place of force. If you know that once you've done that, You'll be over the other side of it and you're going to feel better about the fact that it's done. So look carefully at what you can do today and start to take steps towards that. Um, It might just be something small, but it will be so worth it. And then imagine if you did that every day, every single day, just taking that little step, that little step. And, you know, um, I will link it in the notes, but I'm, I'm sure that many of my listeners have heard me talk about this book in all the places and spaces. But, you know, Atomic Habits by James Clear is an absolute game changer. Um, you know, I use so many of his strategies. I've listened to his book um, uh, several times, um, probably once a year over the last three or so years. Um, but you know, really using his strategies can be incredibly helpful when it comes to changing habits and introducing new things into your life that weren't there before. And that can be the taking the steps. Introducing new habits can be that step that you take that can be an absolute game changer. He talks about the 1%, you know, it's not doing all of the busy work. It's just doing the micro consistently and introducing those things into your world on the daily. Another one of the things that I think is really important when you're getting clear is to really get clear on your own personal values and your own personal gifts. Now, there's a lot of ways to do this. Certainly as a neuro-linguistic practitioner, um, one of the things that I do with clients is values alignment. So I help them to elicit their personal values. And um, if there's a, a values misalignment, then, you know, for example, if they, you know, if they want to hit a particular level of income in their business, but they're just not hitting it, it's quite possible that money isn't very high on their list of values. And so, you know, there's, there's an element of, um, I don't know whether apathy is the word, but I'm going to use that word in this instance, not as a negative, but actually as a positive, they're, they're, you know, so laid back about the income part of their business because they're all about impact. And that's very common for my clients. But the problem is, is they can't have impact without income on the ongoing, um, you know, day to day and if they want to grow their business. So, um, so income is important so that they can fund what they do and also reach more people. Uh, you know, that income allows them to grow their business. So, you know, often what I've had to do is help clients with values alignment. And, and that means that if money, for example, isn't very high on their values, that we can, you know, we can look at 
doing that and sometimes chunking up that value it's usually there but it's not usually in the top three and certainly not in uh, sorry it's not in the top five and certainly not in the top three so we look at how we can chunk up and move that into the top three values so that there's an opportunity there for um, for them to leap ahead in their business and and ultimately in their life But knowing those values, your own personal values can be of great advantage if you are wanting to get clear on your vision because when you you know those values and you can rattle them off and they become a centerpiece for your life and for your business, then you know that you're more likely to get what you want as a result of being in touch with those values. Because here's the thing, if you've set yourself a vision that is not aligned with your values, then the chance of you making any progress is not very good. Um, you, you, you just won't because you won't be motivated to move in that direction. So when you have your vision in alignment with your values, then that's definitely going to support you to move forward powerfully in the direction of, of your desires. Similarly, you know, we need to work with our gifts, our own personal gifts. Now, you know, um, if you're into human design or different types of um, astrology, this can be really powerful. Um, you know, I know even um, Kasha Burke works with past life stuff. You know, she talks about our soul origins and so on. You know, depending on what it is that you you believe in and you want to use here, your gifts may be the gifts that you perceive that you were born with, but they may also be gifts that are in alignment with some of those other things. So, you know, straight up, I know that, you know, myself, um, I'm a projector, three, five splenic authority um, for people who understand um, human design. And, um, you know, I'm a natural born leader. Um, Another thing that aligns in a number of those different types of um, modalities is it comes out very clearly that I'm a natural born leader and a natural born teacher. So, you know, by working with my gifts, I've been able to leapfrog ahead in certain parts of my life and my business by being in alignment with that. So, Sometimes I understand that that's, you know, we often desire other gifts that we perhaps don't have naturally. It's not to say that we can't obtain those over time, but certainly if we work with the gifts that we've got and we learn to appreciate them more, then we're more likely to get to where we want to go faster. You know, I mean, I I know as a child, I always wanted to be super sporty and, you know, I had a go at athletics and things like that. But in reality, I was an arty kid and I was much better dancing than I ever was going to be on the sports field. And so when I went back and just worked with that, it served me well in life and, and it still serves me today. So um, because, you know, that's something that I have as part of my life and my love and my inspiration. So work with your gifts is a great way to help you really you know, bring things into life because the whole idea with connecting to vision is obviously moving towards that. Um, But also, you know, knowing and working with your values. um, If you're always in alignment with those, then you're going to be making sure that when you're setting goals or 
you know, setting off on a new direction or an exciting path that what you set up, even if it's working with a new coach, you know, when you choose that coach, if there are common values there or you can, you feel in alignment with their values, then that's always going to be a good start. It's difficult to, um, it's difficult to work with people who are coaching us, for example, if we don't have similar values and we don't value similar things. So look for those um, values and gifts and work with them as much as you can. When you're setting your sights on goals, um, you know, I think there's dreamable goals and then there's doable goals. And I say that because I'm all for declaring the big, bold, audacious goals and dreams that I'm here and playing for. I'm all about that. But I also know that I've had limited levels of satisfaction and limited levels of success when that's been my only strategy. And I say that because right at the beginning of my personal development journey, I can remember being asked about, you know, what my goal was and I declared that goal, but it was so far removed from my current reality that I now know that my subconscious just said, it's a no from me. And so it was almost setting myself up for sabotage because I didn't boost that with doable goals that I was able to really achieve and that I was able to convince my subconscious that this is actually achievable. So I liken this to, you know, when I was teaching and I remember being at uni and we learned about um, a theory called the zone of proximal development. And I'm sure that if you're a parent, you might have also heard that expression. But the zone of proximal development when we're a child or, you know, when we're teaching a child where it's that learning that's just kind of out of reach, that we're just able to stretch for that little bit further, but it's not so much of a stretch that our subconscious doesn't want to have a go in the first place, that we're motivated to try for it. We know that it's possible. And so we have a go. And with education, that's, you know, that's where we would try and pitch the curriculum a lot of the time is where, you know, the child was, you know, they had some of the understandings, but it was just that little stretch that they had to go that little bit further to use their muscle, use their brain, and then, you know, and then hopefully learn that new thing and then integrate it. And I think that, dreamable and doable goals are quite like that. So when you're setting doable goals, you want to make it just around that zone of proximal development, just around that zone that's just that little stretch further than what you think is absolutely doable. So it's moving our subconscious from impossible, like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely not going to hit that. It's moving it from impossible to possible. And then once we have shown that we're nearly there or we've actually achieved that thing, then we move our subconscious to inevitable, like it's it's inevitable, it's going to happen. And when we move it to that point, you know, that's when all our cells are buzzing. It's when our 
our body and our brain just kind of take over like we've done it before and it knows what to do. And our level of belief is so great that there's not a question in our mind that we're going to hit that goal. And inevitably we do because it's inevitable. And our because we believe it's inev- inevitable, our actions reflect that. We go about it with this level of certainty that is, it's a given. And so, and so we, you know, we crush it. But here's the thing, the more times that we close the circle on a doable goal, the more we are actually propelling ourselves closer and closer towards achieving our dreamable goals, those goals that we never thought were possible. So, you know, my dreamable goals were, you know, my desire to leave my teaching career and be able to be full-time self-employed. It was, you know, the the dreamable goal to leave living in Sydney and live by the beach. It was my dreamable goal to move into a caravan and travel Australia and be a full-time traveler. And they're the things that there was a point in time where there's no way that those goals were doable for me. They were incomprehensible. Um, They were desired. They were definitely dreamed about often, but were they doable? There's no way I believe for a second that they were doable. Um, But guess what? They were, and they became that. And they became that because they started out as a dreamable goal, but I worked towards them in doable goals. So it was the little, smaller, more micro steps that we used to get there. Um, An example would be, you know, our desire to travel Australia. We, you know, we started planning. So one year we were going to get the car, then the following year we were going to get the caravan. And then the year after that was going to be the year that we traveled Australia because we were taking steps and, you know, we, we were, got clearer and clearer and clearer about what we wanted, the sort of van we wanted and the sort of trip that we wanted. What actually happened is instead of doing that over three years, that was we got the car one year and then the following year we got the caravan and left on the trip. So, you know, we quantum leapt in, you know, in moving that dreamable goal to doable. So closing that circle of those doable goals and doing that repeatedly, it it really sends a great signal to the universe and our subconscious to say, yes, you can do this, Um, you know, and, and it develops a level of trust in ourselves that we are worthy and and when we believe that we are worthy then again that that drives our motivation as well so if you aren't closing the circle on the smaller goals that you're setting for yourself um then probably what you're doing is eating away at your self-trust and your belief in yourself. Um, But by just closing the circle and trying as much as possible to to do what it is that you want to do and reach, set that bar at a level that you, you know, you do believe it's achievable. It's not going to be a snack, but you do believe it's achievable. And you pull out every stop in making that thing happen and bringing that thing to life, then 
what will happen is, you know, you will increase your belief in yourself that you can follow through on things. You will increase your motivation to bring and manifest more things into your life. And you will send an incredibly clear message to the universe that you are on a mission to, you know, to manifest incredible things in your life. So that's my recommendation of how you can get clear. There, there's some of my top tips for um, for really getting clear on what it is that you want to bring into your life. Um, and I and I hope that um, you take some time to really consider the importance of getting clear and spend some time daydreaming. Really spend some time just allowing yourself to explore the possibilities. The more that you begin to dream, um, you know, I found in the beginning my dreams were a lot smaller than what they are now and, you know, the more that I've done this, it's like a muscle, it gets stronger. So I'm I'm able to tap into my desires much quicker than what I used to be. I'm able to dream bigger and I'm also able to quantum leap those um, those goals and desires into life much, much faster than I have before. And uh, I hope if you use some of these strategies that you'll be able to do that as well. I'd love to hear what you are bringing to life. Please do connect with me over at SharonJoyCoaching.com and, um, and connect with me on the gram at SharonJoyCoaching. Thanks for listening. I look forward to hearing about you getting clear and um, and connecting to your vision. Thanks for listening to the Joyous Journeys in Life and Business podcast. I'm your host, Sharon Joy. Jump on over to find me on the web at SharonJoyCoaching.com.